0: Oh,
1: here little man. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jackson. What's going on, bud? Yeah, you can hear him right in the background, huh? Oh uh, yeah. What's up, brother? <laughs> Not much, much, man. Not much. We uh, we finally got this on the right time and right day, man. It, I don't even want to tell the people how bad we both were. We're trying to get the time. <laughs> 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 so I can uh, I can do you one better. So you know how we both well. I thought it was. You thought it was what Friday? Yeah. I I thought it was yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I had. I didn't realize. So yeah, after you call me, I'm, I was like, what, what it was a four 30? I me- emailed you, see you at six and you called me and you're like, uh, is that today or tomorrow? And I'm like, it's tonight, right? And you're like, nah, man, that's tomorrow. The 10th. I'm like, "Today's the 10th. one of those uh, days. We're, uh, but but, we're uh, both horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was bad. And well, just to just to show, I, I didn't realize I did have one scheduled at 6 PM last night. It wasn't you. Oh. And I didn't realize until I got—I looked at my email at eight forty-five at night, and I'm like, "Shit!" He's oh. like, "I'm in the studio. Where are you at?" I'm like, "Uh, dude, I'm so sorry." <laughs> like, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like I like we were talking you know, if anybody that does podcasting that actually works as well, this is normal.
1: Oh, because, yeah. I mean, it's a
0: lot that goes into it, man. People do not realize that, like, you're trying to balance a life, a career. And then you got yep. this hobby, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm trying to make something out of it. And it's just like, oh, crap, man. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> without my phone, I would be totally lost and without my wife, because
1: oh, yeah. I don't remember anything. Same way, man. Same way. It was, and, and working midnights on top of it. Oh, you know, yeah. It, you don't True. know what day it is, because it's, when I was on permanent <laughs> midnights, it was, what day was it? I don't know, one, two, three, or four, because it was a four and two schedule. And so <laughs> I didn't know what oh. actual day it was. I just knew it by a number. So... Oh. As you're well aware of that, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show.
0: I'm glad to have me, man. Appreciate you having me on, brother.
1: So you're you are a now you're on a, a law enforcement, but let's let's get back to the the beginning of things. You're a veteran, Purple Heart Correct. recipient. A, a law enforcement officer for how long now,
0: man? Uh, thirteen years total.
1: Awesome, awesome. And you're an author now and yep, a podcaster, yep. dude. You got a lot of yep. stuff going on.
0: Brother, I'm probably too much, man. I <laughs> <Probably> keep missing <laughs> dates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all right. No, you got a lot of stuff going on and trying to balance a uh, a family life on on top of everything. You know, it's 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 hard. And I'm out on pater- well, I will have. I was out on paternity leave since the end of uh, August when my son was born, and I just oh. went back to work not not long ago. And in the middle of that, my wife's like, "Why didn't you start your business right now?" And I'm like, "Ah, good idea." And I think somebody. Somewhere along the way, so when you're out on paternity leave, the last thing you want to do is start a business.
0: And oh, man. I'm trying I can to believe it. everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But put uh, you back
0: in FTO, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. It's uh it's been a learning curve and, and, and podcasting is its own learning it's a curve. Whole trying, beast. To, trying to book guests and you know, just balance everything and then never mind at 35. I'm not computer illiterate, but <laughs> it's uh it's hard learning yeah. all this new software as you're well okay. aware yeah i've i've given up <laughs> <laughs> so it's us uh i got a question for you man why did you start your podcast
0: man why did i start my podcast you know so i started my podcast i'm just over two years in i guess and, uh, for me it was during the 2020 unrest the riots man because man cops we were just getting crapped on left and right and the media's putting out all these false narratives and these wrong stories and nobody's telling the truth of anything and showing our side of the story and i was just like man somebody's got to sit up here and tell the truth somebody's got to tell the story from the cop's view point of view and tell the truth and so that's when i was like you know what screw it man and when i started my podcast at that time with me being as open as i was and am about where i worked and what was going on it was dangerous because a lot of officers were afraid to stand up and speak up because officers were getting targeted and trashed by the media and their command every day. And so I was like, you know what, man, I'm an American citizen. Just because I put on this uniform does not mean that I've given up my first amendment rights. So why is it that people can talk about us and say whatever they want about us, but we can't say anything. We can't say our side of the story. We can't have a voice. And so I I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna do it, man. And I'm glad that I did, man. It's been an awesome experience and I've gotten to meet some great people Got them to you know. man. it's just been great connecting and meeting so many great officers and getting people's stories. But honestly, like I said I started because I wanted other cops to stand up and not be afraid to say that they were officers and, and honestly, you know, be where, where they work at, because a lot of guys are afraid to say where they work. And I was not ashamed to say I worked at the Louisville Metro Police Department. I am not an official representative of that department, although I'm no longer there, you know, but it's just like, man, you see me in the public every day and I'm a person. Guess what? I'm a person and I have an opinion. Now, I'm not going to tell you my opinion when I'm in uniform because that's not what I do in uniform. I'm impartial. You know, I don't play to one side, the left or the right while I'm in uniform. It's just right, wrong. And there's a lot of gray. And I try to make take those uh, incidents that I encounter at work in uniform and make the best decision possible. But I don't let my personal feelings and beliefs, you know, uh, determine how I do my job. I just strictly go by the Constitution and state law and policy. That's it. But when I'm off, oh, best believe I'm going to be talking.
1: <laughs> as I told yeah. my
0: buddy, I was like, man, I'm an American citizen. I'm not going to ask the government for permission to be free. I'm not doing yeah. it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a uh, it's an important thing to, to what you just said that, you know, as cops, people think we're all black and white with no with no sort of gray at all. Man, there's great in every single thing that, you know, you do on, on the job. There's so much discretion, you know, whether or not you arrest somebody or let them go, give them a ticket, let them go. There's discretion all over the time. There's so much gray and in the opinion part of it. Yeah, it is very tough to especially in being, you know, never been in your shoes. I can only imagine on the uh, on the front line dealing with like protesters like that. But having them be in your face and looking for an opinion where you're trying to police at the same time. And sympathize where, with where they're coming from, but also enforce a lot, man. It's that's a it's a hard thing to deal with. It is a hard thing to deal with, you
0: know. And I tell people the best thing to do is, you know, confront the you know, confront it straight on, head on, man. And don't run from it. I yeah. mean, because I mean, like I said we were on the front line every day for over a year. This yeah. was an ongoing, never ending thing, and people make it seem that like it was just twenty twenty. I'm like, no, it was twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yep. And then towards the end of like when it got cold in 2021 during the winters, when it kind of died down and I tell people it's not over. It's just laying dormant. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the new way and the new thing in America and protesting has always been there. But I was like, there's a difference between protesting and rioting, And there's a difference between exercising your first amendment rights and telling me, Nigga, I'm going to eat your kids. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. rape your wife. Like when y'all like what? Yeah. You know, and it's so yeah. weird now that I tell people the amount of people that you knew that I knew, that I had gone to church with and had relationships with in the past, and all of a sudden now they see me, on this big, mean, evil, horrible police officer, and they're like, oh, you piece of shit, Pitts. There's a video I actually posted on my Instagram, man, there was a dude, I used to work with him at the clubs all the time, when I used to work security there, as the off-duty officer. Never mm-hmm. had an issue with the guy. The next thing you know, this dude's got a face mask on, some glasses, and he's just I'm like somebody just keeps calling my name, like, Pitts, Pitts, you a piece of shit, Pitts. Fuck you, Pitts, fuck you. And I'm like, Who, No, that's that's old boy from the club, you motherfucker. What? And then (laughs) I remember, I remember I ran into this dude like a couple months ago, and he acted like we like we was cool, like nothing ever happened. Like, I know who he was. Like, he's, oh, what's up, man? What's going on? I was like, oh, word, you want to talk to me now without hundreds of people behind you? You want to have a respectable conversation? And he was like, oh, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I know what you're talking about,
1: bro. I ain't forget that day on
0: Barstown road.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. People, people don't realize you get a long memory when it comes to that sort of stuff. Oh
0: Oh, yeah. Every (laughs) restaurant in Louisville and in the surrounding area that had a black lives matter poster sign in the window. I will never visit that establishment ever.
1: You will never get a dime of my money Mm -hmm, ever. mm -hmm. And I know every
0: last one of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It, uh, it was a definitely a, it was a tough time to be a cop. I I kind I started my podcast right around that same time frame in right after um, the George Floyd incident with Derek Chauvin, and I started mine because when I looked at Chauvin at that time, I saw somebody who looked like in his eyes he hadn't dealt with the. Mental aspect of being a, a cop, and what I mean by that was, and i I know nothing um, with regards to his case or him personally, so i'm I'm, I'm just making a, a grand assumption here, but I had saw somebody in his eyes that probably had done and seen a lot of different things and not dealt with the mental health aspect of it and for me, it was you know it was just getting i had gone through my own mental health struggles and been open about um going to see counselors and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was, the podcast was meant honestly, just for random conversations, but it kind of morphed into mental health for law enforcement for veterans and all that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey. It's been quite the journey. And I was listening to your last episode. You had, uh, been planning your, your book for the past, how long, seven years it took you to write?
0: Yeah. Seven years, man. Seven <laughs> long
1: years. How how was that journey for you?
0: Oh man, it like I say, it's definitely a journey. You know, and it, it's one of them things where it's like if somebody would have told me when I was younger, like you're gonna be write a book and be a published author, I'd have been like, no way. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I, I've always enjoyed writing. Hate reading. God, reading is the evil. I hate reading. Give me a good audiobook any day, you know. But hey, I just <laughs> I I've, I've always enjoyed writing. You know? And I've been able to take my thoughts and put them on paper. And I just started doing it seven years ago. And you know what sparked me to do it seven years ago? It was the start of all this BS going on. Like long before George Floyd, I'm talking about going back to Michael Brown, 2015. You know, like, And I started writing my book in a Taco Bell at First and Broadway in Louisville, working off duty because I was so angry and so mad at, I'll be honest, the black community because I felt like I've been ostracized by the black community most of my life. And when I became a police officer, it became even worse. So man, when I started writing my book, it was just this, angry just spewing out all this and that and just all oh, these people did that to me that person did that to me oh and then i'm glad i didn't publish it at the time because one it wasn't ready and because my story was not done being told yet but because who i was in 2015 versus who i am now it's not the same person man you know i've evolved you know i've grown now i've you know my relationship with jesus christ has gotten better and i'm not a perfect man but i've learned to forgive people that hurt me and so my book I Feel like it'll reach a lot more people because it's not coming from a place of anger, it's coming from a place gotcha. of forgiveness and resolution and understanding, you know. And I'm so yeah, when I started, man, I was just bitter, just mad at the world, you know. Like, and I was a young cop, then I was only on for maybe what like th- oh, what Jesus can't even do math right now in my head. well I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what? Five years, like, yeah. yeah. So about five, yeah, like you know, five-year cop, you know, and that's it. That you know, at that five-year mark is when the dream no longer mm-hmm. dream and it just becomes a job yeah. and it's just like no that bitterness starts to set in and you're the angry bitter veteran at the table that's always salty talking about command and the people don't appreciate us and i realized i was becoming that and i was like damn man it was really right
1: yeah i uh, i started right around the same time frame i got sworn in july or excuse me i got sworn in april 5th 2010 and then started at the end of the academy in august yeah. so right around that same time frame but yeah it's right it's uh you're right it's right around that time frame where you start like becoming bitter becoming angry and you know what the hell are they doing why are they doing this you are talking about command staff and whatnot oh yeah but uh but if you don't mind me asking why did you feel like you were ostracized by the uh black community growing up
0: oh man so uh when people read my book there's a chapter in there called dark skin drama so man i was made fun of when i was younger for being dark-skinned by all the other black kids like when I was at me being fun of, I mean, I was tortured and terrorized and bullied and like beat up and hit. Oh, yeah, bro. And a lot of people don't realize that that still goes on in the black community. But it's never really talked about the whole ordeal of the light skin versus dark skin. And, man, I hated myself for being dark skin when I was younger. I was mad at God for making me dark skin because I'm like, man, because if, if I wasn't dark skin, people would like me and people wouldn't make fun of me. You know, and my family's from Mississippi. And so man, Mississippi has a long history of that. And I tell people that slavery has been over in America for a long time, but we can't sit here and act and pretend like there are not still lingering effects and ghosts from the past of slavery that, and that's one of them, man, where the slave master, you got to think, you a white man you got all these slaves and it's just you and your 10 kids and, you know, your wife and you got like a hundred slaves, and bro, if they want to take it over, they can take it over. So what do you got to do to make sure they don't join together? Well, let me know. I'm going to make sure that they turn against each other and that they don't come together. So you take the light skinned people, put them inside the house. You call them the house Negroes. And you got the big dark skinned people like me and my family members. You put them out in the field and and you make them one feel like they're better than one's better than the other. And then that way, they'll never be able to come together and see who the true enemy is. And so that's why, you know, they call it's called colorism within the black community. But a lot of people don't realize that that still goes on. And that affected me for so many years of my life, man. And like I said, and I took that and always felt like I was never good enough or I was ugly just because I was dark skinned. And, you know, I would hear people say stuff like, oh, like, you know, or about women like, oh, she's pretty for a dark skinned girl. It's like, how about she's just pretty, bro? Like, why? Why I got to be for dark skin? And that's why I tell people like, "Yeah, America's racist. Well, excuse me, never. America's not racist. People say America's racist. And I'm like, and America's got its problems, but we can't sit here and act like everything within the black community is copacetic. And we all just sing and holding hands, you know singing the old negro spirituals but that is not the case man and that's because like say our community's broken and they say it's because of slavery but we can't constantly use that as an excuse to continue to treat each other bad or use it as an excuse to you know say why we can't get advanced in this country
1: gotcha gotcha no i i i never even realized that you know i had Heard the I heard some jokes between friends of mine, you know, growing up and whatnot. Oh but. bro, I can only
0: imagine <laughs> Bro, the dark skin jokes I used to get. No, oh my god, they were brutal. Oh man. But, yeah. I one of, they said uh <laughs> you so black, if I threw salt on you, you would look like deep space. I was like <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and you, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: So they said oh I remember one of the kids like, nigga, you look like under the bed. I was like, What? Like, oh, I had to think about oh man. It was brutal, man. But the thing is, it built, uh, it, like, it built, it made me perfect for policing because by the time I was growing an adult, I was like, you know, I'm on the street as a cop, people hurling insults at me. I'm like,
1: okay, just sure, brush it right I off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I've heard, i heard, heard, uh, heard better. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I remember, you know, Dan Crenshaw, obviously the, uh, the representative out of Texas. Yeah, Navy they had, he, yeah. Yeah. And they talked about, um. When Pete uh, Pete Davids, Davidson Davidson, oh, he, he made that fun joke of him about when, his eye. Yeah, he's like, and, and, and Crenshaw brushed brush it off. He's like, dude, I've heard worse in the team room. You know what oh I my mean? God, so, yeah, bro. It, you <laughs> you better bring him. You better,
0: yeah, You better tell me some jokes <laughs> I ain't never heard before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it uh, uh, what is your book for people who want to get it? Oh, uh, it's
0: I Am Pitts: Memoirs of the American Patriot, and it details my entire crazy, crazy life. It, my 38 years of existence, man. It's in, it's, you know, when I, when I talk about the book and when I think about it, this, and I read the story and it's just like, damn, is this really about me? Like, has my life really been this crazy and insane, man? You know, just like from growing up dealing with the dark skin issues and, you know, going to Iraq and getting blown up and going to Walter Reed and seeing all these people in Walter Reed that are now famous and Congress people in 2005, bro. It's like, and I look at my life and going forward and I had all these issues and, Losing my mother while on duty to suicide and me in my uniform having to take my mom off life support at 26 at the start of my career, made two divorces. My struggles with PTSD, man, my book opens up with me sitting in the parking lot of the FOP lot lounge with my Glock in my hand and putting it to my head and ready to kill myself, you know, and that it's just been an unbelievable ride. I mean, I'm so thankful to still be here. You know, god has given me i call it uh, i've got 18 bonus years man you know january 2nd just passed that was the day i almost died in iraq in 2005. you're alive you know? hey. yeah man i'm just like man i'm still here bro and even when i didn't feel like i deserved to still be here and i thought i wasn't deserving you know of living and living a life and i wanted to die i made it through it dude and that's why you know your podcast like yours to talk about mental health like especially within the law enforcement veteran community and me man i'm more so focusing on everyone's mental health because And I just, like I said, me losing my mom to suicide because it's a hidden thing. Like it affects everybody, you know, it ain't just the veteran community, law enforcement, everybody, everybody knows somebody that's killed themselves or that's battling some sort of mental issue, bro. And it's just, it's a people problem, you know, but it's, it's more so in the law enforcement and veteran community because of what we endure daily. But, bro, there's some people that ain't veterans that I would never want to, I would not want to trade my problems for their problems. And you've seen these people. On runs before, man. Like you look at their life. That's why I like being a cop, because I look at people like, man, my life ain't that damn bad. I'm exactly. not doing you too shabby.
1: Comparing. Yeah, you start comparing yeah. your, you know, just seeing your either yourself in that situation. You're like, man, that's um, thank God I'm not, I'm not there. And it and it's funny. I always say that, you know, to the newer guys. I'm like, there's there's only one thing that separates you from that person over there. You being the cop and that person being the criminal. It's one bad decision, and then it cascades yep. into, into others. And, that's you know, it. It, it, it's, it's same thing with mental health. It's one, one decision or one thing that's, that's gone on in your, in your life, and it cascades into other aspects of your life or your career, yep. your family life. And, you know, it's mental health, isn't something that is like you were saying, just law enforcement, just the veterans, or, you know, it's, it, it's everybody. It's, Every single person has dealt with their own struggles their own issues. you know I have met many people like you were just saying that you know I wouldn't want to trade my struggles or issues with theirs because it's just overwhelming and yeah, it's something that you know we need to break down the stigma. I know when I started uh in New Hampshire it was we didn't we didn't talk about it the guys in the in the in the locker room or whatnot if you if you had gone to a call, and I'm not even saying that all oh, mental health starts with a call, or or a mental health illness, or suicidal tendencies start with a call, but it's it's a it's cascading effect. And the guys they they didn't they didn't talk about it. They didn't want me to talk about it. And I just saw that progressing throughout my career, kind of, and wanted to do what I could to uh to help that situation reverse itself. And it's half of getting, I believe, half of getting over or getting through the struggles that you're going through is acknowledging and talking about them. And that's what we have to do. And that's what people have to do is acknowledge the struggle that you're going through and, and talk it out, whether it's with a counselor or a best friend or whoever it is, it's talk about, talk about it. It helps you formulate your thoughts, especially when you're down in that dark place at that time. And yeah, it's just getting it out there to, to be in the open so other people know that you're going through this through that struggle.
0: And you know, we mm. got to be careful within the law enforcement community with that because you know it's it's good to talk to people, but we have to watch who we talk to, you know, because like oh, you were yeah. saying, it's not it doesn't start with a run, but it's what I call trauma stacking, man. It's one bad run here, you know, kid died, you know, another kid died, you know, somebody got shot in the face and just keep stacking, stacking, stacking. I mean, you go years upon years upon years of the worst days of people's lives. And what do we do? And let's go to the bar, man. You know what we're going to do? We're going <laughs> to drink. We're going to drink. We're going to drink the demons away. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yep. see that young girl yep. over there at the bar? You're going to go, nah, you're going to go smash that tonight. And you're going to be all right in the morning, bro. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's how we, that's the old school way of how we do things, man. And it's so archaic that we, and it's so entrenched in this society. It's mm-hmm. like, it, like I said, it's even worse in the law enforcement and, veteran community because that is just how we've always coped with alcohol and sex and all the, you know, and just working tons of overtime, and that's just how we've always done it, and the one thing I hate p- hearing people say is, why do we do it this way? Because we've always done it this way. Mm. Well, just because we've always done it this way don't, don't mean like it's nails on a chalkboard. the worst way. Yeah, man, it's just like, change. Oh, no, oh. <laughs> oh, bro. you do, And they, like I say, I go back to the Black community, it's even worse within the Black community, the stigma of mental health. Like, we don't deal with mental health in the Black community. We just don't talk. I got a family member. that said, therapy. That's white people. I'm like, no, bro, it's for everybody. There's a you need medication. Listen, the pastor yeah. can pray for you all he wants speaking tongues, dog, but you need some medication. Like <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. Oh, you know, it is it is for everyone. Uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And it, it's even worse when uh, you were getting off midnights and people want to go out, go out drinking and it's 7 a.m. And it's like, oh, man, man. you know, <laughs> every every okay. every oh, aspect no. of your life starts struggling after that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yep. and, and, yeah, and, but, uh, and
0: then it becomes part of the culture. Like I tell you, the oh, culture yeah. has to change. And we that's why I tell people. Culture is everything, man. If you got bad culture, you've got bad. You're breeding a bad society.
1: Yeah, now I got a question for you. Did any one of your leaders, either in the military or in law enforcement, did any one of them ever ask or say to you guys that they were going or had sought mental health help? Hell no, God no, no. nobody,
0: (laughs) nobody. Like when I was spiraling downhill and getting out of control, and I like I dude, I was messing up big time. Like I was going code three to like code one runs. Like, I was like, man, I had an accidental discharge with my shotgun, bro. I mean, I was putting people in cars without searching them, and I was like clearing entire buildings by myself, like Tombstone Courage oh note. And it was my one shit, leg huh? sergeant, I didn't give a shit, bro. And this was one, my yeah. sergeant that was a Marine that had one leg, that realized, hey, man, what's going on with you, bro? Like, he ripped my ass, and like, they ended up taking me off the streets. And my command chain of command at the time was phenomenal, sent me away for 30 days, like, go take care of yourself. It, what, mm-hmm. the, what, the, what was take care of yourself, not be at work. That's what it was. I didn't yeah, go get mental health counselor or nothing. I just kind of took time to kind of decompress, but it was nothing more than just don't be here. That's what it was. We're not going to fire you. We could, but you're a good dude. We like you, you know, and, and that's all it was. I was like, Hey, no, just don't be here. Decompress. Come back when you're ready. And I went back. If to one work, of your man. leaders
1: had been like upfront or honest or had said that they had gone to seek Counseling, would you have gone at that point? Absolutely. Because yes.
0: I, I held those guys in such high regards and still do. I still talk to them. man. Mm-hmm. I, I looked up to those men because those were the type of people I wanted to be as an officer. Like these guys were like gods to me. And I'm like, you know, if that, they tell me something like, hey man, if they would have been like, hey, let's go to the bar, and get drunk, i would be like, all right, let's go to the bar and get drunk. But my one leader, man, Major Christofek, he was actually on my show. I interviewed him. He yeah, told I me, Hey to man, that one. yeah, he was like, let's go grab some coffee and chat. And man, it felt so good just to have somebody that seasoned and experienced in life and would just chat and pour out everything I was going through. And that was phenomenal. It was great, but it wasn't enough because like I said, I was, all these traumas I've been stacking in my life from having, you know, identity issues from being dark skinned and, you know, Iraq and then, you know, divorce, you know, another divorce, you know, then my mom's suicide and everything at work. And it's just like, you know, a best friend is only, so is good only to a certain point, but you need mm-hmm. a actual professional.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what, man. I feel like. No, that, go ahead. So, so you need that mentor, <clears throat> and it seems like the major was that mentor for you. Oh yeah, great guy, man. You know. Freaking, I wish he would come back, but he ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's and it's funny because people, you know, you probably heard of the Jocko podcast, but he had uh, always made the the connection of you know mental health being like uh going to see a counselor, kind of like going to see the brain mechanic. You know, as soon as your car gets start getting out of alignment, you got to bring it to the mechanic, get it back in line. It's the same sort of thing with your brain. Know, as soon as yep. your brain starts, the screw gets a little bit loose, you got to bring it right to the mechanic and tight, tighten, right back up. Yep. But uh, yeah. How did you celebrate, or how did you remember, uh, or do you do anything to remember your actual alive day?
0: Bro, I had the worst steak of my life at Outback Steakhouse, so I was so disappointed. <laughs>
1: did you tell me you were a veteran and get it for free? <laughs> no, nah, I did not. I did not.
0: I don't know if I work at an Australian restaurant though was like, a, and Mike, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you know, And hey, so we usually try to go out every year and celebrate and do something. Nothing crazy, you know, but. You know, I got a steak, yeah. man, and I was like, "Bro, this is the worst steak I've <laughs> ever had. This is disrespectful. This is borderline disrespectful, man." At Outback, too. It's usually, you know, it's it's kind of good. It usually is, man. Like my wife's food was horrible. Like it did. She got the uh chicken, the fried chicken with like the little glaze on it, man. And it looked nothing like it did on the uh, you know, on the menu. And I was just like, "Bro, this was a bad idea." I was trying to switch it up. We don't go to <laughs> Outback often, man. But I was like, "I'm gonna do something different," you know. And yeah the shrimp the coconut shrimp the shrimp on the barbie was phenomenal i will say that oh, yeah. And the blooming onion you can't go wrong yeah, but every, other all. than that man <laughs> that was, you know, that was it man i was i was off that day and that and i was at one of the points man where i was like i will struggle with the podcast i was like i need to put out another podcast and you know sometimes you just get so i got i was getting lazy i was like i gotta sit down and research and i was like man let me just go home and do it, man. And just start researching I bang one out real quick and put one out, man. But I'm, no, yep. it's always funny. Like with podcasts, like it's like, I'm never in the mood to do it, even though I like doing it because there's so much that goes into it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but once I do it, I'm actually happy. Like, ah, I feel good, man. And yeah. Then the pressure's yeah. on. Cause it's like, of, Oh,
1: it's like me. I was kind of stressed. I'm like, all right, I got to talk to Dexter at 6 PM yesterday. No, all right. And then today <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, what? No, like, you know, it, it, it's like you said, it's all right. I got to plan this, got to plan that, got to uh, make sure the baby's taken care of. My wife, my wife's cooking dinner over there and uh, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it is kind of stressful doing the podcast, but it's it's cathartic. It's awesome. I love it.
0: You it is, I mean? man. It's it so just, fun, like, dude.
1: Yeah. It, it, it allows you to, I mean, I rarely hold conversations anymore and I'm trying to do my best with you. Rarely, rarely hold conversations anymore where I'm actually... Letting the person finish a thought without jumping in in interrupting them, in not a bad way, just in general. In your podcast, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty. And the accent music. and the yeah. accent
0: makes it a little better when you do it. I'm all right with. I like
1: it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but it, 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 the podcast and putting the headphones on it makes you have that you know that just that long form conversation that I enjoy, and uh, and it's just it's. Therapeutic in itself, you know, like you say, get to meet and talk to a lot of people that you never would have normally about, <laughs> sometimes about sensitive subjects. And, you know, and it's just like, hey, I just met you five minutes ago and we're talking about when you get blown up and, you know, you're, and then you're sitting yeah. in front of the FOP with a, with a, uh, the Gundy head. And it's, it's weird though. It's weird conversations like that that just kind of like organically happen. And I just, it's, it's awesome i think my 12 listeners like it uh i hope they stick around so <laughs> you know nah, brother trust me yeah.
0: it, it, it'll grow brother it like when i started <laughs> mine I, I literally i was like if i can get one person to download maybe like, yeah and, yeah now it's like i'm averaging two three hundred and, and honestly i'll tell you man don't even look at it it yeah honestly it don't matter because i had my buddy man he was t- talking to me buddy Brian, he was like, he's like, do you realize if you get like two, 300 downloads, how major that is? I was like, really? I was like, not really. It was like, bro, imagine if you were standing in a room full of like two, 300 people talking. He's like, that would be overwhelming. And I was like, yeah, yeah now, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's real talk, man. You know? Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, man, the one thing I realized with this is don't compare yourself to others and people's podcast and, yeah, honest, man, because this is such a rough and tumble world, especially within the law, law enforcement community aspect of social media. There are so many dudes that are jockeying for a position to be that guy who wants to be the next Brandon Tatum or, you know, Mike the mm-hmm. Cop. And everybody wants to be on top. And it's just like, or Eric just fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Eric laughs> Hansen, yeah. <You> know, everybody <laughs> wants to be those guys. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. bro, just be you and enjoy the journey. That's what I that's what I keep having to tell myself remind myself. If I start yep. getting down, like I don't got on, only got eight hundred followers on Instagram, and I'm like, it's okay because this isn't my real life, you know. This is this is a hobby I do. It's fun, but it's not my life, you know. And so, yeah. it's one of them things, man. You know, where people are you willing to sell your soul for a couple likes, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, all. yeah, keep it real. That's all it is, man. It's like it's just fun.
1: Yeah, it's fun. I think I've been stuck at like what five hundred ninety five followers on Instagram for. I mean, I took a. I took a couple of years off of the podcast. So I had started it in 2020 and then I moved because my uh, wife is from Massachusetts. She has a, one of those jobs that you kind of get right into. And you know, where I was working in New Hampshire, it was a, it that wouldn't have existed for her without going the trooper route. So, uh, I moved out. Oh, she's a trooper. And, uh, no. So she's a criminal investigator. She does. uh oh. she goes around the crime scenes and does all the crime scene armed and all that sort of stuff. Oh, dead Nice yeah yeah she's badass a lot more badass than me um she's right over there she's like yeah i am (laughs) but uh but uh yeah so i had taken i'd taken the back the podcast itself had taken a back seat while i moved down because i was kind of in a i was stuck in a rut for a little bit um because of just having left the job and i'm still part-time so i go back and work about 40 hours a month and have the job with the dog now. Um, but at that time, it was just one of those things that I took a backseat from and didn't really have any organic growth. And I was, I kept getting the, uh, the buzzsprout or yeah, buzzsprout, like a uh, weekly podcast download rating, whatever it is. And I was like, Oh, well, people are still listening to this. I might just, you know, get it back on track and you're going to be the second one that, uh, first one of the year, uh, and second one, um, in the past month that I've, uh, I've released. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh it's that law enforcement realm of social media. It's it's hard getting into like those other guys have and um oh, especially yeah. you know. It it's 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 a it's definitely a hard uh hard thing to manage that social media cuz you got to be on it 24/7 if you really want bro. it to grow. And man, to I, 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 I I hate my phone. Uh, I'm with I you, bro. Be-
0: I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm right there yeah. with you, man. And it's hard. It's just like, I was like, because I, you, like, you, you have a brand new baby. You are trying yeah. to start a business and you have a family. And it's like, don't want to pay attention to my phone or do I actually want to be present in my family's life? You know, and it's like, where's yeah. the balance, man? And I'll be honest with, like the followers and all that, bro. I was like, honestly, I have, I think I like 800 followers on my Instagram. And I'm like, I'm questioning how many of that is even real people.
1: And they're yeah, not yeah. just oh, some yeah. like
0: Asian bot, like, Hey, do you want to come over tonight? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, that's why I don't even, I don't even pay attention or count it. Cause I like I say, none of it's real to me. So
1: yeah. <laughs> it's I, all I, fake I to like me. The so. likes, like when they, when they like your story, you go click and see who it is or whatever. Yes. You know, like you, they have, they have nothing, you, like nothing pops up. I'm like, all right. I'm like I have, yeah. you know, two people that actually liked it and but it's saying like I have 15 <laughs> notification of that. I'm like, where are those other 13 (laughs) profiles and they don't actually exist from China. uh, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They left Twitter after Elon and now they are on Instagram. (laughs) But uh, I saw on yours actually that you, uh, that you did the audio book for your, for your actual book. How would that go? Oh my
0: God. That was talking about PTSD, man. My God, dude. (laughs) Sitting in the (laughs) hot ass closet, for like nine (laughs) months and it wasn't continuous like it's like you know i'm doing the podcast and working you know then my wife is like when am i gonna have my closet back i'm like when i'm done i'm like (laughs) bro it was man it was such a painstaking process you know the day i'm feeling good and it's flowing the next you know somebody starts cutting their grass outside it's like why you got to cut your grass on a nice day, man? You, you know, like, airplanes flying over, like, why you flying over here? Like, it, and it just took so long, yo, but it finally got done, and I awesome. submitted, we, man, I hired a guy to help me do the audio and engin- engineering, because my editing and engineering skills are, you know, not great, yo, so man, uh, we, we, we submitted it, and I actually got kicked back today because of the cover art, so I had to redo the cover art picture for the book, and I'm not, I'm not the technological guy, but I kind of figured it out and how to crop it and put this in there and resubmitted it. And so I'm hoping that was the only thing that had to be corrected, man. But I'm gonna be I'm a I'm gonna brag a little bit because if there's one thing in this life I like is audiobooks. I love audiobooks. Mm-hmm. All I do mm-hmm. is listen to audiobooks and podcasts when I'm driving, man. So because well, yeah, could, I was looking, driving
1: around for eight hours a day. You
0: have ten, yeah, if uh, not more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, man. And I, that's and so I knew how to read my audiobook because I've listened to so many audiobooks. and I was listening mm-hmm. to like snippets of it today. And I'm like, damn, this is really good. Like I was listening to the part of where my mom died again, bro. And I actually started crying, you know, and I mm-hmm. tell people, man, like when you write a book or you're reading your audiobook, man, like you you're reliving those moments. And I can't tell you how many times I've relived my, that moment with my mom in the hospital on August 29, 2010, how many times I've relived that writing the story, reading the story and reading the story again and again, you know, and it's still, it still resonates within me, man. That's why I, I can't wait for people to get the opportunity to listen to it. Cause I really think that they're going to enjoy it. You know, I, I don't did tell you, people uh, I hope they enjoy it. I know they're going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Did you feel like a sense of dealing with that? Your mother's passing while you were talking about it and writing it, did you feel like it being cathartic for you?
0: Oh, very, man. Very much, dude. It, it all just, it kept coming back to me, man. And then, you know, and it would just weigh on me so heavy for days. And not just that, you know, just the drama with my sister. Like I was like, listen to that part again today. And I really, I still have a lot of stuff built up in me. Like I'm not going to say anger, but just a lot of, uh, a lot of hurt still, even though I've forgiven my sister for the wrong, she did me taking everything like she got over $200,000 and just, blew the took my mom's ashes man took the ashes i didn't even get to see the ashes bro and it's just like so much hurt and man but like slowly like i said i still I haven't talked to my sister in god like over 12 years my father i tried talking to him once man and that didn't go well and so i stay away from those two but i reached out and started reconnecting with my dad's side of the family in mississippi so it's like mm-hmm. I said, it's slow healing over time like i say i'm not angry but i'm still hurt and mm-hmm. I think I tell people that's okay. You know, I mean, when somebody you grew up with your whole life, turns it back on you and takes everything and tells you you don't deserve anything, naturally that's going to hurt, you know? And yeah. it's going to take a while to get over. And I mean, because sometimes yeah. when I when I hear her name or somebody mentions her, I still get that thing in me that's like, oh, so mm-hmm. it ain't completely gone yet, man. And now, you know, I'm not a perfect person.
1: Well, it's, uh, that's good. As I bet when you're actually reading it, you get to feel the emotion while while you're reading the book for you know production, while you're doing that, it gives that it gives the listener that sort of connection that they wouldn't have if you know I read your book. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it's that sort of connection to the actual events that had a uh, that had gone on in your life. Sorry, you can probably hear my uh, my son in the background right now. So. Oh, you're
0: fine, brother. He's <laughs> crying, and me coughing and hacking, man. So. I'm got coronavirus uh, 3 over we're here or something i don't know yeah. what's going on oh
1: yeah are you in a studio now or is that yeah just, uh, yeah 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 this closet? is my basement
0: yeah this is my little my little oh, okay. basement i got man so i got a nice it's a nice little setup man and uh i told my wife when we bought this house last year i was like it's gonna be my studio just so you know and i thought <laughs> you know i thought about moving it out to the basement like to a separate like a small section but so we mm-hmm. can have this for guests, but I'm like, man, I put them on the air mattress in the living room or something, bro. Yeah, because I like having my the studio.
1: They're gonna want to see the studio too, you know. They're gonna want to be a part of it and uh, and, and and take it oh, all. Yeah, in. that's a, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Is uh, the house that we're in finishing the downstairs for for a, uh, a kind of like a living area because we have a small upstairs and uh gonna put the studio downstairs once that's completely done. It's not yet, but. It's getting there.
0: Uh, Are you gonna have some? uh you gonna have some uh, in-house guests? You planning on it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I have a few in the area. Um, as you know, it's very difficult with schedules and all that sort of stuff. But I have a. You ever? See, I don't know if you're a hockey fan, um, but there's a a movie that was made called uh, Goon, and I remember that from back in the '90s, wasn't it? It, yeah no well it's kind of it, that was slap shot, you're probably thinking of or no that was the 90s but whatever it was but goon was uh mid 2010s i think something like that but it's a it's a it's based off of true uh, real life and the the guy is an officer in this area um really doug smith so yeah so i'm gonna have him on oh, the uh you. the show and i'm gonna have um uh a coasty hopefully he's gonna join me he was a rescue swimmer and a couple other guys that um oh. that Are going to be hopefully, you know, up to doing the video production. It's going to be something new that I'm trying and uh, get some GoPros and set them up and see how it all goes. But yeah, it's uh, the the podcast itself is going to be more, how do I say? um, Oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for right now? Like it's going to come out more regularly. There we go. (laughs) It's all that CTE kicking in. (laughs) all them breaches uh, man (laughs) uh, uh, yeah Yeah. for me yeah that and motorcycle accidents but
0: oh uh, wait well you said accidents plural oh yeah so
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i'll I'll have to post a picture so you can see um all these teeth right here are actually uh fake so i yeah so i went before i went to my motorcycle uh like actual like education class, I purchased the motorcycle from my landlord at the time. And I, have you ever ridden? No. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I what they call what they call whiskey throttled. The, it's kind of like when you just dump the clutch and then grab the throttle and it takes off on you. And I (laughs) slammed into a boulder and teeth first, mind you teeth first. And, uh, basically went, I was out for a little bit and uh the bike landed on top of me and oh god it was uh it was yeah yeah it was uh one of those things and yeah I'm not the best motorcycle rider so I've kind of got uh, <laughs> on the back seat it's actually further on the back seat than the podcast was but um <laughs> but uh yeah so'm t- uh, I actually was dealing with a lot of post post concussion syndrome after those uh motorcycle accidents and I thought it was you know pts at the time but it was actually just like a lot of just TBI sort of injuries yeah. and I didn't know at the time. And there's the only, uh, like I talked about on a previous podcast, there was only, um, like the one differentiating factor between TBI and PTS. And it's the recurring nightmares. Everything else is the same. And people, you know, it's been progressing to be more, become more relevant, more out in the open. Um, but I had thought I was dealing with a lot of, you know, post-traumatic stress, but it wasn't that, it was the traumatic brain injury syndrome. Yeah. Dude. So yeah. And then obviously scary, bre- Yeah, breaching like I said doesn't help. Um and I can I was to the point where I was feeling it every time I went to the range. And it wasn't just your normal headaches, you know, cuz you're for me yeah. I was, you know shooting the uh, sniper rifle uh often and it wasn't just your normal headaches from the range. It was the actual concussion of shooting that was giving me the headaches and it was like it was it felt like my brain was getting torn apart the so over pressure man uh, yeah yeah definitely but uh so when, when did you enlist in the army how old were you i did uh, it i was oh different... well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, man
0: i was what 19 years old in a uh, 2003 okay in august yep nine eleven, bro yeah. that i tell people yeah. when i write about in the book it's the combination of 9-11 and Black Hawk Down because they <laughs> okay. September 11th happened and Blackhawk Down came out October. And it was just like, oh, man, I'm going to go get me some. I'm going to be a Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Who did you uh, – what unit did you serve
0: with? Uh, 10th Mountain Division, 2nd Brigade, okay. Alpha Company, 214th Infantry, the Golden Dragons. And awesome. so a lot of people don't know that unit. That's the same unit from Blackhawk Down that when oh, the shit. Rangers were trapped in the city, yeah. Alpha Company yeah. went into the city to go get the Rangers out. So 214 infantry. Yeah, so in with, uh, I didn't get to be, yeah. Yeah, they didn't went get in with to NATO, be a, right? No, so yeah, they yeah, they went in with NATO and yep, and the the, the Pakistani army. And so yeah. man, I didn't get didn't go to Ranger School because I passed it up to become a well to go home and get married. But man, the fact that I was part of Alpha Company 214, I was like, man, that's a that's pretty cool. And actually in the back right there. That's the uh the little Alpha Company logo right there, the Golden Dragon.
1: Little warning oh, sign, so, okay, like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, now so I wasn't
0: a ranger, but I was like, hey, I got to be a part of the unit that went in during the incident. And man, there's guys that were there that were privates, and uh, you know, during the Somali Black Hawk Down incident, that were like oh, now like squad leaders and platoon leaders, all these years later, man, taking us into combat. So it was pretty cool getting yeah. to hear their stories yeah, from that.
1: I, uh, I'm probably, I'm a few years younger. I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 sometime this year and, uh, later this year. But, um, I wanted that life in 20, 2005, 2006 when I graduated, but I chose to go to college instead and then, uh, got hired by the PD in 2010. And I actually enlisted when I was, (laughs) well, I did my life kind of backwards. (laughs) I didn't say backwards, but everything happened for a reason. And, And, uh, I, uh, I enlisted, as a medic still in the army reserves now. So nothing I say here is representative of the DOD or any agency <laughs> thereof. Um, but, uh, so I, I actually enlisted. I turned 30 at Fort Penning and I was yeah. that, uh, that, that old guy that you probably saw in your 19, 26 year old. He's ancient. You know? Ramel, <laughs> but, my buddy, Ramel, yeah. he was,
0: he was a, he was actually a paramedic and joined the army at like 35 because they were shade, extending huh? the age because of the war so what was that yep. what was that like for you going through at 30 looking at all these kids like 18 <laughs> 17 18 years old like
1: <laughs> so like like you're saying i still had some of the I'm, I'm i'm not pissed off but i still have some of the i'm joining because of nine eleven in me my the only um the only military i had in my life at the time was my or my family was my my grandfather and he talked about you know enlisting uh he enlisted in the air force was the army air corps uh i think it was yeah it was during korea but i believe it was the air force at the time yeah and um yeah and so you know i saw he enlisted because of what was going on and all that sort of stuff and you know i chose to go to college at that time frame in oh six and you know everything happens for a reason but i get there and you know, you know how it is. They 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 see you and they're, they they try to make a snap judgment of you. Are you a thirty year old who has his life in in order, or are you a thirty year old who doesn't have his life? in order? <laughs> And and luckily, I was the aforementioned. I had my life in semi sort of order, and um and yeah. So you know, it doesn't. I obviously had been through the the academy. I was on my second, no, my third PD at the time, and um, and I was on the SWAT team been, been you know, so I like camaraderie and teamwork is, is something I've always, uh, been accustomed to. So it wasn't that hard for me, but looking, man, looking at those freaking 18 year olds and I had to, or 17, 18 year olds, I had to remind myself at the time that they're just kids. And when you, <laughs> when they ask, hey, hey man, why'd you, why'd you uh, enlist in the army? Cause I had, you know, people are enlisting or join the military for a variety of different reasons. And I'm talking. You know, it could be anywhere from, you know, this person was brought up with a silver spoon in their mouth, and they want to get away from that sort of life and challenge himself, or a kid who's in the middle of the the ghetto, and the in, let's say for Chicago, mm-hmm. for sake of argument, in the middle of Chicago, you know, they're dealing with murders left and right, and they want to make something of their life and get out and get out of there. So it's, it, it was hard for me to not judge everybody as a immature 18 year old and I had to get to know them and talk to them and figure out why they were there. And you have a variety of different reasons. And, you know, I remember one kid uh, that, uh, I don't even know where he is now, but, um, you know, en- enlisting because he wanted to buy the charger at that time. You know, <laughs> oh, that is the most Joe answer to I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> the recruiter promised
0: yeah. him a charger. You know, yeah. And only yeah. 20% interest, too. Right? Yeah. I was going yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah.
1: Only 28% interest. And uh, that is the most army
0: yeah. private thing
1: ever. <laughs> yeah. But did, did the drill yeah, sergeant it, treat you different? Yeah, they did. It was, I uh, it, I tried to keep it under wraps what I did for work at that time because I was I was only, I was going through what is it, BCT so I wasn't going through uh, OSET like like you did with your yeah. eleven Bravo yeah so I uh, I was just going through OSET and or I wasn't going through OSET just BCT and it came out we were talking doing a FTX one day talking about doing field sketches and I had been accustomed to doing them being a sniper on the SWAT team and they're like what do you know about field sketches and I let it slip what I did. And so I was known as SWAT the entire time. Oh, they, yeah. they, yeah, I think my, we had a couple of guys in uh, prior service guys in my uh, company at the time. And well, actually we had like six in the company, probably two purple, uh, purple platoon that were transferring from like Navy or air force to go to the army to fly helicopters. And so they had a couple of guys that were older in life or seasoned in the military that I think they took advantage of private (laughs) personally that were like, all right, it's our weekend off. We're going to leave everybody with, with you guys, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like one of those things, like it it wasn't that bad. It, you know, I, I was, I was put in for, what is it? Soldier of the cycle at the time. And man, I'm just, I'm in the reservist, uh, or excuse me, I'm just in the reserves, not saying any bad about the reserves itself, but you got kids, here that are starting their careers and i you know went through for the board but i'm like these it's going to benefit these kids these men and women at the time to get the soldier of the cycle award it's not going to benefit me as i I, I don't know if that's a bad thought or like a bad way of thinking of it because i'm still making myself better and going through these uh boards and whatnot, but. And wasn't putting in the time or the effort to actually study as much as or as as I should, I guess. But I didn't want to take anything away. Not that I would have won if I put it a hundred percent in, but if I had, I didn't want to take anything away from the uh from the kids that were putting in hundred percent that were doing this for their career. That's very noble, so, man. That's extremely noble. It, but, but let me, oh, I appreciate like, that. It just
0: did you why did you did you not go to OCS? Want to go to OCS?
1: No. Didn't want anything to do with that. Still what? don't want anything to do with that. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Man. yeah. I, uh, so I, I'm a, a, mag, a medic, a 68 whiskey, and you know I'd rather be a platoon sergeant than an officer because you I like that one-on-one one time. Yeah, I, I like that one-on-one time with with my with, with the my soldiers and I like being able to build them to what I think they should be or Provide them some sort of knowledge. I mean, you can do that as an officer, as you're well aware. It's just it's a lot harder, it's harder. and it's a lot easier. Yeah, it's Politics. a lot easier just to have that. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to be stuck in an office doing paperwork, all that sort of stuff. And you know, I'd rather have that one-on-one <laughs> time, actually doing the work, working with the men and women, and uh, and getting to know everybody that way. It's just being an officer never really like it. Just didn't really interest me. And then plus, being a cop. I didn't want it. Being a cop in military is the last thing that I yeah. wanted to do. <laughs> you want to switch so. it up. You've been doing that in
0: the real world for quite some time, and it's not the same military yeah. policing versus civilian policing. So, you no, know, I don't, not at all. It's a smart choice. And, <laughs> and also, that. you got to look at it as, it. like, with you going to be in the medic in the Army game trained. you're taking that knowledge back to the civilian world, to your buddies, man, yep. to real world yep. uh, real world stuff. So that's that's pretty smart.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. That's actually what my business is, uh, appointment defensive solutions. I'm going to give a a shameless plug right there. Um, it, brother, go for it. It's actually (laughs) that's what it is. It's uh, it's actually using the medic skills to train, no, not only first responders, law enforcement, uh, fire, and EMS, but it's actually training everybody in how to save a life. It's trying to make people one percent better. If I could, if I could offer the training for free, I would. I'm offered at the uh, the least. Costly price as I can, you know it's just it's something I love doing I love training and uh and yeah, it's like you said, it's bringing that knowledge back because that's half of what the army is or military is it's bringing that knowledge back to your like i don't know private employer if you guess to call it that way, or just your employer, and you know whether it's leadership skills, job skills, whatever it is, bringing that knowledge back and transferring it back into a uh, regular life if you could tell yourself something. Besides avoiding that IED back in 05, you know, something that you ha- would have liked to have known joining the Army at 19 years old. What might it have been? Go to Ranger school. Take the chance. Don't marry that girl. Marry her later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what I would have told myself. Don't be so in love. It's okay. I'll- she can like. You'll be there when you get done. Go, go to Ranger. And that's my biggest regret in my life, man. I had the opportunity yeah. and the chance in my hands. It was the single reason I joined the army because I wanted to be an army ranger. And it'd be different if I went to ranger school and failed out or if I got kicked out cause I didn't meet the standard, yo, but to just have mm-hmm. never tried, uh, oh, I, I cannot. I, I will never get over it, man, because I just passed it yeah. up to get married and only to get divorced, not even two years later. So blown opportunity. Typical, another typical army thing that happens. Yep. You got you know, to get the charger to get things. get the charger, enlist to get the charger to get the girl, pass up all your opportunities and cry about it later until the day you die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it happens. Everything happens for a reason in the way it's supposed it does, to happen, man. you know?
0: It does. So, you know, I tell I, my I was, wife now, I tell my wife now, like, you know, you wife number three, girl, don't feel special. But, you know, if it wasn't for my first two horrible marriages, I wouldn't be able to appreciate what I have with her at home now and how awesome exactly. she is. You know so what I exactly. say like for a reason
1: I I talk about that too cuz I was uh, previously married and with no kids or anything like that but if I had uh enlisted at 06 or 2006 I might not have met my present wife and wouldn't have my 4-month old son and there's nothing that I would wouldn't do for them you know what I mean so it's oh, yeah. it, it everything happens for a reason dude it it's just one of those things <laughs> it's the same thing with uh when you enter policing if you could tell yourself something but when when you actually rose your right hand and raise your right hand and uh, sworn in what what might it to be actually that's kind of what i'm doing my second book on man just second kind of, book yeah yeah i'm gonna start working on it this year
0: just kind of that conversation okay. between my young self and my old and my salty veteran self yo but it's kind of pass some knowledge on <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. what would i tell myself you know it's so many things i think the one thing I would tell myself is to not get lost in this job, mm-hmm. and to still maintain your identity outside of your uniform, because yeah. I, so many of us get caught up and swept up in, in just being a cop, and it's like it consumes you, and it's like you love it, but it'll never love you back, yo. But you, you have to have something outside of being a cop to make you who you are and unique. And man, I mean, I meant for years, man. All I was was Dex, a cop. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. And man, and I remember during the riots and as I was getting older and I was hurting a lot more and I was like, you know, I'm sitting to talk to my wife, like, who am I? Or what would I be if I wasn't wearing this uniform? You know, and I could never answer that. And so that's a, that's yeah. why I'm kind of glad I also started the podcast and I wrote a book because man, it, it gives me something more to focus on and look out, look, you know, look forward to besides just putting on the uniform every day, which I love. That is my passion that... God created me to be a cop, but I'm not going to be a cop forever. You know, I'm going to do it as long as I can, but I'm one day I'm going to take the uniform off and I don't want to just be at the bar and have a bunch of cool stories from the streets, always dwelling on the past, you know, just talking about, you know, like guys I know from Iraq, all we talk about is, you know, 2004, 2005 Iraq. And it's just like, what about the rest of life, bro? Like it's 38 years I've been alive, man, going on 39 years. You know, that's a small mm-hmm. snippet of my life, and you can't let that small snippet of your life be your entire life and your entire identity. You have to move on, and so that's why I'm glad exactly. I now I I'm a published author, I have that to throw in front of my name besides just being a cop. I'm a podcaster. But Lord knows everybody's got a podcaster. How special is that really? But it's still, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but it's just but it, it's something I take pride in because a lot of people have a podcast, but not everybody's consistent with it. You know, you got some people put it out once every year or something, you know, but I'm doing pretty good, keeping it consistent, man. So I'm just proud to have something that identifies me outside of the uniform. That's why I tell people that my podcast is the I Am Pitch podcast. The last thing I want to do is have be like some people that have officers still in their name. They're nothing against them. They're great guys. Uh-huh. But it's like you have Officer Daniels, who hasn't been a cop in a long time. Great guy, funny uh-huh. content, but he's not a cop anymore. You know, you have Officer Tatum, you know, Brandon Tatum. He's got great content, but he's not a cop. And I was like, man. I don't want to just be, you know, box myself into Dexter the Cop podcast. And I was like, no, more than just a cop. I am Pitts. I can be Pitts in uniform, out of uniform, wherever I am, I'm always going to be Pitts. So that's why I decided and came up with I am Pitts. You know, I don't want to just be a cop my entire being, you no, know, my entire time in this life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not who you are. It's what you do. That's yes. all it is. You know, people say that, who are you? I'm a cop. It's not who you are, man. It's, you know, you're a father, you're a husband, you have, like you said, a, you're, you're an author, a podcaster, all this, all these other things. And I can definitely relate with that because for me, when I left full time, it was, I had to remind myself probably every day to stop living life in the rearview mirror. Because like you said, it, it's one of those things that develops into who you are and it's hard to separate it and make it it's what you do dark. but not who you are. And it's just one of those things of, you know, like you said, have these outside activities, have those other people that, especially close friends that aren't law enforcement, you know, because you can go and you're not talking about the job while you're off duty It's having a different life while you're off duty. You go to work and you become the cop. And then once you're done and you're done for the day, you take your uniform off and leave the station. It's one of those. It's just what you are. I leave the job where, it, it, where it has to be. And for me, it was like, like, like I was saying, not living life in the rearview mirror. It might have been what I did, but it's not who I am anymore. <laughs> who I am is ahead of me, you know, being a, a father, a husband, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's uh, that's definitely great advice. I wish, I wish I I knew that at that time when I was getting on a job back in uh, 2010. It was just one of those things that was. It's hard to develop, as you're quite uh, well aware. It's just one of those things that's that's hard to actually implement into your life.
0: It's a culture, bro. This I told people this job. It's a, literally a lifestyle. You know, it's <laughs> literally it's it's ingrained in you, man. It's just it's just what it is, and it, it it sucks you in, and it's hard to get out of it, man. I we've had so many people over the last few years that have left the PD, <laughs> gone to civilian jobs, and they're already back. Like, like hey, what happened? hate yeah. it. <laughs> You know, yeah. I tell people, yeah. understand, I left policing. I went to go do Fed work, was on the Border Patrol for a year, hated it, man. And then when I was without a job in between trying to get to my next police department in Arizona, you know, I was just kind of sitting around like, "God, this is horrible. Like, I'm wa- over here on the TV watching uh, what is it? Uh, live PD, just like God, I don't want to get back in. It was so bad, you know. They're doing just, it wrong. They're doing it wrong. Don't yeah, like, <laughs> go make a passenger <laughs> side approach, man. Like you know, like he's got his hands. In his, like yeah. you just, it, it becomes every bit a part of you, and it's so hard to separate it. But I will say, man, you know, we give a lot of young cops, this younger generation, a lot of crap. But I'll be honest, bro, I'm impressed with them because, bro, it seems like they're able to separate from this job. In this profession, a lot easier than the my generation and other people older officers, bro. Like when they're off, like literally they're off. Well, except for the TikTok cops, yeah, exactly. Except for them, you know that whole yeah, generation. Yeah, like, they, they become cops just to do TikTok videos and crap. But bro, like yeah. they're done. They're done, man. It's like they, they they not sticking around and putting up with any
1: bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, impressed by that. Me too. It's, I I definitely, now that you say that, I've definitely seen it. It's, it's kind of like your generation, my generation. We're like that transition period, because you think about it, the guys that were on a retiring when we got hired, you know, what did they do? They, they got off duty. They hung out with the guys they worked with, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And same thing. We were watching cop movies back in the day. What did they do when they're off duty? Hanging out with the guys they work with. And so I think we're that generation that knew that it didn't have to be that way and probably shouldn't be that way. And it's like you just said, it's, it's, tr- it's transforming into not being that way. Yeah. It's good to have the connections and the camaraderie while you're working and off duty getting together every now and then, but man, it, it, it it's not who you are. It's just, it's what you do for work, leave it at work and it's going to benefit your life entirely just to leave it there.
0: Yeah, man. Like I, I've texted some of these cats before, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man? Hey, wow, I'm off. All right, <laughs> I was just saying, all right, okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Point taken. I got
1: you, <laughs> but uh, Jackson, we've been at this for what is it? What does that say? Hour, three, hour, and three hour minutes. And three minutes you got any uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about? Ah, oh, brother, I could talk to you forever, man. <laughs> right <laughs> oh, i appreciate that just keep I that
0: uh, that northern that. Just keep that northern accent coming for me
1: <laughs> i will i will now but, did you deploy uh, yeah. at all no i have not yet um i just i missed them at that time i had the opportunity to to go overseas and other locations but at that time i i was still wanting to go to the middle east and it just it never came down uh down the pipe for me but Say, that like, ship
0: is definitely sailed now, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, it, but like it, it all comes around. It all comes around. Oh, it, yeah. You know, you, you talk to guys, one of my uh, good friends who had on the podcast was a retired SEAL and uh, he had, well, I would say, became a SEAL in 86 and then... Oh, jeez. Yeah, so 15 years before nine eleven happened and imagine 15 years of, not downtime, but constant training and all that sort of stuff and never actually... Experiencing combat for 15 years, you know, man. and so it, it all comes around. I'm not worried about it when it's my time, it's my time. So, and, and
0: there will definitely be a conflict of some sort in yeah. the future, man. I think, is it at, uh, Plato or that said, only the dead have seen end the end of war? Yep, literally, bro. Yep. There's all there's gonna be a war for my children to fight, unfortunately. Their grand, you no, know, my grandchildren and their future generations. that That is just the crux of humanity, bro. We are very intelligent creatures, but we are just. Awful to each other, man. Yeah, and it, yeah, and, and, and I mean, we see yeah. that we see that every day on the streets as police officers. And that's why I not cut on the news anymore because it's just so much negativity, man. And I can't deal with. It. I tell you, I, I, I am the news at work. Like I live the news <laughs> yeah. ten hours a day, five, six, seven, eight days a week. It was that like eight days a week? But
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. Especially I've been TBI,
0: man. Yeah, bro. but yeah, you know, you know, just so much negativity in the world. You know, and that's why with my podcast, I try my best to not be so negative. Although, you know, sometimes it slips in, you know, it's just, it's just the world we live in, man. But yep. I try to bring people a different perspective and not be so left or right, you know, yeah. I'm a conservative. Unfortunately, I'm a Republican and I don't really feel like who else I'm gonna vote for at this point. Although I'm mm-hmm. disappointed with both parties, man. But it's just like, everything is just so polarized now, man. And I'm doing my best with my podcast to be a down the middle, reasonable person. And trying to understand people. And like we were talking about earlier, how complex things are just gray. Sometimes people make decisions that might seem wrong to us, but when they're in that moment, like you got to feed your family, and what am I gonna do? I'm going to Walmart to steal. And it's just like, is this guy really a bad person? Or is he just really a desperate person? You know, and it's just like, ask me that 10 like no, 13 years ago as a rookie, I'm like, hell yeah, we're gonna put him in jail forever, yeah, you know, versus now, you. and I'm like, give this brother a little bit of mercy.
1: You know, yeah, I, and yeah. try to
0: understand what it's like now that I have kids and like if I could feed my children, what extent would I go to to be able to feed my kids? You know, it's just stuff like that. And that's just that stuff that comes with time, you know, and just time in the job. You just kind of learn, man. And I'm doing my best to get out of being such a hardcore cop to where it's just this or that. And because this or that is not that simple.
1: It, it, it isn't. And it it's it's almost kind of the. The way somebody told me in the academy, one of the instructors, and I wish I could remember exactly who it was, but he said to the class, we're all just trying to make it through the day, you know, and we're all just trying to make it through the day, get toward get to home at the end of the day. Sorry for my uh, son crying in the background, but um, sing it, buddy. Sing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's singing it. All right. But uh, we're all just trying to make it through the day. And I look at it. I was having a I'm still part time. So I was having a conversation with my chief the other day. Um, you know, I look at it like I, where I work, when I go back to work is in a very, uh, impoverished area. So there's a lot of poverty going around and I'm like, well, am I really going to write the guy at six o'clock in the morning? Who's going 17 miles an hour over the speed limit. Am I really going to write him a $200 speeding ticket where he's only going to make maybe hundred, 150 bucks that day? Like what, what's, what's, what's the point of that? You know what I mean? I get it. If they've been. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and over and over again that they're doing something like that, or like you said, the petty theft, he, like all the time. I, I get it when there's only so much you can do, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're, you're just grinding them right down into the ground if you if 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 you police that way, and that's never been my way. Um, a lot of the guys <laughs> kind of said like, "You look like you look like Terminator." Uh, with the tattoos, six <laughs> five, and everything, but he goes, "You don't police like a Terminator." So I'm, I was and he's like, "I'm I really impressed." Me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, there. Same thing with my podcast, man. I like I said, I identify like more conservative, than I do liberal or anything else, but I'm pretty much man without a party at this time or at this point. Because, yeah, you know, just because of a couple issues that I agree with on the right doesn't mean there's not a couple of issues i don't agree with in the left. like i agree with some of the way you know and some of the things that every normal. says that's yeah perfectly <laughs> <You> reasonable
0: <know.
1: laughs> perfectly yeah, it's reasonable true... man it's but it's true. just like oh my just...
0: god no you got to be all in it's just like no you don't yeah but we've yeah, we've I... just got to that point in america where we've lost the ability to be reasonable and i just yeah. i just hate i was it, reading
1: man. A... i was reading a book called cop of all things um by <laughs> mike middleton i think middleton i can't remember it was a while ago but in one of the lines he uh he didn't get along with some of his um uh what do you call them lapd like they didn't get along with some of his co-workers and because of he identified as you know a, a democrat and like i don't give a shit who you like support you know what i mean i think we can all we all have good points to bring to the conversation we all have you know, uh, good good and bad on each side. Not every Republican uh, senator or, you know, leader has my support. I mean, same oh. thing with the left. But it's all about uniting, man. It's all it's all, all it's all it's about.
0: Yep, yep. Just like I said, at the end of the day, when the shit hits the fan and the bullets are flying, you're not going to ask me, hey, bro, are you conservative or you a liberal? Yeah. <laughs> no, you, no, you better come lay down some fire. Drag my ass out of here, cause you know that's just not nobody would man. When you're in combat, bro, nobody cares about that stuff. The reason you went to Iraq, the reason you're in war, none of that crap matters, man. When lives are hanging in the balance, it just don't. Just yeah. like when we go yeah. to these hot calls, like somebody shot, we don't start asking questions. Uh what's your ethnicity? What's yeah. your nationality? Uh, how much do you make a year? How, mm-hmm. how do you identify? Are you a trans? Mm-hmm. Like nobody mm-hmm. gives a crap when mm-hmm. they call nine one one. And that's, you know, and that was kind of another reason, you know, why I kind of why I left the Louisville Metro Police Department, because, man, we were focusing so hard on issues that we worked to overcome in this country, like segregation, racism. And now we're only judging and looking for certain people to fill these slots. And I'm like, police is a profession where you can't just look at somebody and be like, hey, we need more minorities. No, I need qualified people in this uniform, bro. I don't care if you're black or white. Can you do this job? And when the bullets start flying and I need somebody there, code three, are you going to be able to be there and hold it down for me? And man, and we started going down this road and, um, and that's the trend in the country where everybody's looking to be equitable. And I hate that term equitable. It's just like, you know, racial, I I just hate those terms because man, the nineties, we was there, bro. Like after nine 11, we was there. Then all of a sudden it's like, everything's gotten thrown out the window. And now we're looking at, we need to hire more minorities, and I'm just like, how about we just hire the best qualified candidates? That's and I understand that, that we have, that's all that matters. I understand we have a history in this country. I understand that there has been racism and prejudice. The, and let's be honest, police departments today, we are paying for the sins of yesterday because the stories mm-hmm. I've heard from police departments from back in the day, dog. <laughs> hey, man, I don't blame people for marching and protesting at all because yeah. the stories I've heard from cops, I'm like, God damn, what did y'all do?
1: Yeah, if those 80s what? cops are around now, they'd be oh. in jail.
0: No, <laughs> and 90s cops. Oh my oh, yeah. god, bro. Like, yeah. So that's awesome. I can't be mad at people for being like, you know, no, there's issues on the police. Oh, hell yeah, there's issues, man. But yeah. the way we fix those issues is by hiring quality people. Not by starting a uh what is it, a diversity and equity and inclusion department within the police department. That's when I was yeah. like, time to go, man. <laughs> time wow. to go. And so I ain't I ain't look back, man. I like I, said, I miss my police department. I miss the people. I miss policing in the big city and being downtown, but at the same time, man, my life is like, it's, it was time for me to walk away and get away from the chaos because that's all I've known for 13 years.
1: What's the agency you you're working for now? I
0: mean, I think we have like maybe 50 officers. Yeah. But you know <laughs> what,
1: man, I started in a town that had, I think it was 70 and then I went down to seven and then I made less at, yeah. And then I Ooh. left at, we had uh 25. I mean, and, and, um, going from seventy to seven, you become a better officer. I think you do more.
0: Yes, you do. You have to do more. a lot
1: more work. Yep, you do everything. You know, it's it's everything. You process the crime scene. You mm-hmm. write the search warrant. Write the arrest warrant. You interview all the suspects. I mean, if yeah, you can ask for help and get people there, but um, but yeah, you just become a, a better officer.
0: <laughs> Way so. more well rounded because you get lazy in a big city police department. Oh yeah, and I realize yeah. that's one thing I would go tell my younger self. Bro, go do the hard job that you don't have to do because you're gonna box yourself in. When it's time to promote, you're not gonna feel confident enough in yourself because you're gonna not gonna know policy because you operate in this small little box where disorderly conduct, trespassing, assault—you know—we just did we did with the same little things day in and day out. Don't have to collect evidence and process the scene, yep. and that's become all you know, and that's just your little wheelhouse, and you're stuck. Yep. That's why I'm glad I left. And I, dude, I got to tell you, I did a DUI the other night, brother. I ain't did a DUI in like 10 years. I, man, when it's, ah, bro, I hope they do not play the video in court because, oh, my God, I was stumbling through this thing. Like, oh, man, this dude was drunk as a skunk, though, bro. He told me he was drunk. And so it's a good case, but, man, I was like, I was so out of practice because I didn't have to do that in the city. Yeah. Just man, if I can no catch a drunk driver, it's just, oh, he's too drunk to do the test or, Call somebody, get them here in like, you know, 10 minutes and or you going to jail and there's usually somebody there, man. But I found myself in that place, in that uncomfortable spot where it was time for me to grow and develop. And I didn't like it because I was outside of my comfort zone because I ain't—I don't know how to do this. This isn't what I do. And guess what? I'm glad I did. And so the next time I do it, I'm going to be a bit more comfortable, and a bit more better.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's good to hear. If people want to hear you, Dexter, where can they uh, actually get a hold of your podcast?
0: So I am an audio-only podcast. You can tune into the I Am Pits podcast on all major podcasting networks. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, whatever it is. Just type in I Am Pits on Google. You can go there. If you want to get a copy of my book, you can go to iampits.com. Look it up on Amazon. Or as I tell people, if you want to sign autograph copy from me, drop me an email at I am Pits at yahoo.com. got any questions or anything about policing or I tell people, Hey, if you want to get into policing or if you want to police with the Louisville Metro police department? It's my former employer, but I tell people I would never crap on them. Do you want to go work there? Drop me an email and I'll tell you how to get there. And also if you want to stay in touch with me, connect with me on Instagram at I am pitch one on Instagram.
1: That's the awesome buddy. Oh (laughs) man, I've uh, really appreciate you coming up uh, on the podcast tonight.
0: Appreciate you having uh, me, man.
1: It's been fun, dude. Oh yeah. It has been, has been so, uh, yeah. Well, if uh, guys, you want to go to uh, Point Man Podcast on Instagram. You can follow uh, my podcast there. Like Dexter was saying, go to I Am Pitts 1 on Instagram. You can follow his podcast on there. And uh, Dexter, you got anything else you want to uh, add tonight?
0: That's it, my brother. Just, man, extremely thankful for you for having me on. Like I said, 2023 is a new year, man. Big things coming up for you. And, man, just keep pushing forward, my brother. And I'm going to be pushing right there behind you, my man. So I'm
1: looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take Let's care. Keep going. All right. You
0: too.